Today on the No City on the Sideline Dab Podcast, episode number 25. Can food change a mood? We answer those questions with my guest, Rachel Kelly from rachelkelly.net. Next in the podcast, let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Welcome. Hey, I really want to say thank you for being here. I know there's a crazy, busy adult and parent. Our time is limited, so you choose to spend time with me. It means a lot. This is your first time to listen to the podcast. Welcome. But I have a conversation what it means to be a dad, mom. Just a crazy, busy person trying to get get through this day and every day of the week. I want this podcast I have a sense of community. I want to say thank you for being here. So the community is, I mean, I'm not able to talk to you. There'll be interviews, topics, and discussions about stuff we all deal with. I say doing the, we're all going through the same issues, but I'm saying similar but not same. I'm not an expert. I'm just down a journey trying to take one day at a time in this crazy, busy world, learning new things along the way. It's fun. Also, I really enjoy connecting with you. This is why I do the podcast. So reach out to me, connect to me. My contact information is no sitting on the sideline.com slash contact. I really like to hear from you and connect. Next up, my interview with Rachel Kelly from rachelkelly.net. Rachel Kelly is a mental health advocate, public speaker, writer, and a former journalist. She wrote books covering topics from depression. Her new book called Happy Kitchen. In the book, Rachel talks about different types help food improve your mood. Each chapter is broken down different topics. Chapter one, for example, it's on balance energy. I really like how the book's broken down for balance energy and the other um, topics too, like beating blues and sweet dreams. Each chapter is broken down into these three components, recipes, essential food, and meal planner. I really like how that's broken down. Rachel was diagnosed in her early 30s with severe depression suffered two really serious depressive episodes. Those two depressive episodes, really tough ones, became the turning point in our life. Rachel's written books about her condition and how she's recovered. Her books have been read by thousands of readers. Here are some of the books that Rachel has written. Black Rainbow. It's also been a Sunday Times bestseller 2014. Her other book is Walking on Sunshine, 52 Small Steps to Happiness. It was an international bestseller. And Rachel's latest book, The Happy Kitchen, Good Food, a Good Mood Food. <laughs> the book. Bo- the book was published in January 2017. It will be available in the U.S. on September 2017. Me and Rachel have a discussion about different topics, about her experience through depression and how food can help your mood. So I don't want to waste any more time. I think this is a really cool, I'll say really cool, I mean really good interview. So let's jump right in. Today on the podcast, my guest, Rachel Kelly. She's an author and a depression survivor. Welcome, Rachel. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. 
Well, thank you for being here. I know this has been a kind of a, a fun, interesting uh, scheduling thing, but I really do appreciate you being here. Can you tell us more about yourself? Yeah, so um, there's really been two defining episodes in my life. And um, what happened was um, in my early 30s, I was a journalist. I was working at the Times newspaper in London. Um, and with this insomnia came some quite kind of alarming physical symptoms. My heart rate speeded up. I felt really sick. Uh, I felt like I was falling. I kept thinking I had to hold on to something. Anyway, uh, basically, I, I didn't get to sleep. The next day, I thought, right, well, you know, I'll kind of refast an activity to a normal timetable and I'll get back to normal. Um, but I didn't. I didn't get to sleep the next night. And in three nights, three, three days, three nights like that, um, I found myself in hospital. And uh, yeah, it was a psychiatric hospital. It was the start of a major depressive episode. I was pretty ill for around six months, but I did get my act back together again. I got back to work. Uh, but then, unfortunately, a few years later, I had a second major episode. And pretty much um, that time I was ill for around two years, couldn't really do anything, uh, completely out of action, couldn't look after my children, couldn't work. And that was about eight, nine years ago. So basically, since then, I've just been um, trying to learn about mental health and what makes for good mental health and yeah I've written four books about it now and um, they all share kind of what I've learned my story but but also the good scientific evidence about how to look after your mental health what is one thing you do every day that will help you in mental health like what is do you like in the morning do you like people sometimes have a quiet moment before they get started the day how do you how would your day go like in the beginning of the day for that stuff like that yeah it's it's a really it's a really good point because I find if I if I get my first, uh, if I, like, if I get the first bit of the day right, then everything else pretty much, you know, falls into place reasonably well. So I do have a routine in the morning. Um, I use quite a lot of breathing exercises to stay calm. So I think when I look back at my anxiety, it was like I was worried about the future or I regretted the past, but I wasn't in the moment. And if you think about breathing, you can't breathe in the future, you can't breathe in the past. You can only breathe right now. So normally when I wake up, I'm still sometimes a bit anxious when I wake up. My, um, quite common that like anxiety is worse in the morning. It's better. Sorry, I'm just going to switch that off. Um, it's often like worse in, worse in um, the morning for people. And, and, and that's the case for me. So anyway, when I wake up, I use a few calming breathing exercises and a couple of stretches um, before I start the day properly. And then I have a kind of maybe a kind of unusual routine in the sense that um, I like to get outside first thing. So I get outside, um, I get the dog, a uh, big part of my uh, mental health, actually, the dog. And um, I either bicycle or I walk to a local cafe and then I try and um, sit and have a, a, a nice, calm cup of coffee. Um, I allow myself one coffee. You don't have too much uh, extras in it, but it's okay. Yeah, and then that, that tends to be a good start to the day is if I stick to this very uh, kind of nice, nice calm routine to get started, especially the breathing and the stretches to start with. Uh, incidentally, in the middle of that, the children go off to school, but they're turning 14, so they're pretty good at, at getting themselves up and breakfasted now. How is that being a parent? How is that dealing with the depression? How has that, that been for you? I mean, there must be a real struggle when you're going through stuff like that. Yeah, there were some pretty bad times. I mean, when I was really ill, I, I was sort of quite suicidal, to be honest, because um it wasn't that I didn't have a nice life. I didn't like my life. I did actually have a really good life. But um, but it was so physically painful. 
And I didn't really realize that, it, you know, it can express itself in a very physical way. So I, I think what I think now, it's not just that mental and physical health are connected. You know, they're actually indissoluble. So like when you're really anxious and depressed, you know, you can have these symptoms that you, you can feel very nauseous. Um, you can't sleep. You, you know, you have this kind of racing heart. You know, it is an illness. You do feel really unwell. Well, I did. So um, I think uh, that that was why I felt, you know, at times really desperate because I, I just couldn't bear the pain any longer. Um, but, you know, I have also got better because um, I think what I've learned is that it is an illness. Something goes wrong with our head, but it but it does happen in a context. And, you know, we can we can help that context in some of the ways we live our life. You know, some of the lifestyle interventions like what we eat and um I think what I think now is that, you know, there may have been an evolutionary purpose for, like, major anxiety or depression. You know, we, 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 we may be being sent um, a message that maybe there's some stuff we need to change. So I think that's where I've ended up, that, uh, you know, it, you, you may have depression and anxiety, you know, but, 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 for a sh- but hopefully for not for a long time. I think the problem is when it's chronic and ongoing and, and you don't change anything. Well, I guess that's a good transition, I guess. Your um, the book or your book, The Happy Kitchen, Good Mood Food. What can you elaborate? What's what's that book about? Well, what happened was is um over the last eight nine years, I was trying some of these different techniques. Like I was doing some mindfulness, uh, you know, some of these breathing exercises, some exercise. Um, you know, I changed my work life. I moved away from being um like a a, a journalist in a newsroom, and I, and I have a very different kind of work life now. I I do still write, but. I, I write books rather than being under the pressure of, a, you know, journalistic deadlines. Um, but I went to see my GP, my general practitioner, about five years ago, and we were chatting through some of my, um, you know, strategies for staying well. And then just as I was leaving, she said, what about happy foods? And I said, what do you mean happy food? She said, well, she said, I'm not a nutritionist, but she said there's some really good evidence about how what you eat can uh, affect your mental health because um, turns out the brain and the gut are really linked. There's a there's a nerve actually that links them, the vagus nerve. And yeah, so then I started working with this nutritionist, a really lovely lady, Alice McIntosh, about five years ago. And we spent five years putting together recipes. Um, we put together 70 recipes based on 150 nutritional studies. And um, we, we divided our book into seven chapters and all the symptoms that I'd had, like um, insomnia, uh, low mood, um, lack of energy, but we're really positive. So we, 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 we say, what can you eat for balanced energy, um, to beat the blues, to stay nice and calm, hormonal peace, to sleep well. And yeah, we, we put it all together in, in a, in a cookbook. So yeah, that's been a lot of fun. That's been my most recent book. Well, it's interesting when you do eat good food, you, you, um, you're in a good mood, but if you eat like, uh, three slices of pizza, you're going to feel sluggish, tired and grumpy. That, that is so right. And, uh, yeah, easy way to remember it is avoid crap. Sorry about the acronym. But, yeah, carbonated drinks, refined sugars, aspartamine and additives, and processed meats and processed foods. If you avoid those four, I mean, so I work with some groups now for some of the mental health charities in the U.K. If you do that and also you help your good gut bacteria, so you eat more of the prebiotics and the probiotics, the probiotics are the healthy bacteria, things like yogurt and fermented foods, you can see changes to your mood in one day. It's amazing. It's amazing what, what food and actually, I mean, I'm drinking water. I'm drinking more water than I actually coffee and, and the carbonated beverages. And I can, I can see my energy uh, increase instead of drinking like five coffees because I'm more, because yeah. it, it seems like you're, when, when you don't drink a lot of what the dehydration could play a big deal in your mood and your, and your health. 
such a good point. We we have some studies on that in our mental clarity chapter. If you want to think straight, you need to be hydrated. And uh, the first thing, if you're trying to solve a problem, have a glass of water. And also fills you up and you don't eat that crap. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. You know, so it's interesting. I, I think that um, what you say really resonates in the sense that, um, you know, I think that people's mental health is kind of complicated and nuanced. Everybody's different and has a different set of cards. But I think what's really positive is that, you know, some of these interventions, they're really simple. You know, they're, 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 not, that, they're not that hard to do. If you do a lot of them together, and that's what all the research shows, if you do a whole series of different things, you know, you can make a massive difference. I mean, I'm I'm pretty cheerful these days. Well, it's, it's interesting about mental health and, and, and stuff that when you get a certain age, everybody has a certain kind of, um, uh, I'd say, stuff they need to deal with. That's a good word for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I so agree that no one escapes the bumps in the road. Absolutely. You know, they're, they're going to happen to all of us. That the redundancy, divorce, bereavement, illness, it's going to happen to all of us. So... I kind of learned that I've learned it's not so much what happens, it's always how you react to it. And, you know, you can learn how you respond to things. There's a, I think there was, a, a, I think it's like 80-20 or 90-10 or I don't know, more your reaction to things. And I'm not sure how that goes, but um, how you react. And But um, I guess next thing I would talk about is uh, walking on sunshine, 50 small steps to happiness. Um, what is what is the 52 steps, the small small steps to happiness? You want to go over a yeah. few of them? Yeah, well, I can share a few of them with you. So so basically what I do here is I run workshops for people finding life difficult, but as I say, for some of these big um, mental health charities. So what I did is I, I kept a, a diary of each of my workshops every week of the year. So there's 52 of them. So right through the year, and they slightly can, uh, they can affect some of the seasonal, they reflect some of the seasons. So for example, here in the UK, um, one of the problems people have with low mood is they don't get enough vitamin, vitamin D. So one of my small steps in the winter months is that, you know, now the UK advice is that everybody should take a vitamin D supplement from October through to March. So that would be a sort of small thing that you can do, uh, you know, reflecting the seasons. So uh, there's other things in the book. There's things like uh, some of the breathing exercises. So, for example, it's a really simple one I can show you. If you just literally... You put one finger on one nostril, mm -hmm. and then you just keep breathing normally. It just slows down the rate at which you breathe. So sometimes when we get agitated or anxious, you know, we start to hyperventilate. We speed up. And, like, say you've got a stressful meeting. I mean, you know, you could just discreetly, just quietly slow the rate you breathe, and it just kind of calms you down. So another one I use is, um, is I have these, like, little pockets in the day. Like you were saying, things uh, things that I do every day, but I have these little mindful activities. So they're like like little full stops in the day. Because when I my thing is I get anxious and I overwhelmed. I, I I get too busy. So one of the things I do is um, wash my glasses, and um you know I smell the soap, I feel the water, I really appeal to all the senses, and just in that moment of slowing down, you know it really helps reduce my anxiety. So there's things like that. And then there's a few other things like um, I use a few mantras. So I have like little slogans I use that, again, just a few one-liners that just help, you know, calm me down. Sometimes I, I, my handbag's just there and I have a few in there on postcards. I have some in the bathroom on the mirror. So I don't know. It could be something like one I like that it actually comes from the Bible. I'm quite religious and 
There's a thing in Corinthians, it says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Mm-hmm. And I love that, you know, so when sometimes you feel like I'm, you know, you're hopeless and, you know, you feel very weak and powerless and, you know, actually I feel that, you know, our strength can be made perfect in weakness. Or, you know, maybe something like, you know, this too will pass. Just to have a sense of, uh, you know, how things can move. So they're just ideas that like that. They're strategies for the body, strategies for the mind, just little steps that get you through. Because basically, I think if, if people aren't feeling great, you know, you can't just say like, change your life 100%. That's just never going to work. But, you know, it's like a little butterfly wing. You put a few things together, it can cause a tornado across the world. And that's how I think of things. Little little steps really build up. You said also, too, that you're the official ambassador for the Rethink Mental Illness. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. So so when I started um, trying to look after my mental health, um, one of the bits of evidence I looked at, which is that actually it's really good for our mental health to try and do things for other people. Uh, you know, obviously, we try to help other people, but actually, the real person it helps is ourselves. So I tried to decided to try and get alongside some of the big charities here. Um, I became a volunteer at my local prison. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with prisoners. Um, I run workshops in my local prison. And I also got alongside some of the charities. So a lot of the charities, you know, they have support groups of people finding life difficult. So I go and share um, some ideas with them. Sometimes I run a nutrition workshop, a good mood food workshop with Alice. We, we share some recipes and some of the research we came across in, in nutrition. Or sometimes I run poetry workshops. I love, I love poetry. And, um, yeah, I was really honored. Um, I was asked to become a, an official ambassador to represent the charity. So I do a few events for them. And, um, yeah, the, you know, they are uh, really making a difference in the U.K. because um, – you know, not there's not a lot of help out there for people in the in in the state services and mental health, and the charities kind of fill the gaps. What is it like working in the um the um, the was the jail or prison, or working alongside those and helping them? How does that how does that go? How, how is that for you? Yeah, well, I mean, I find it really rewarding. I mean, the days I go in, I I don't go that often because um I need to. There's a lot of cutbacks in the prison guards, and and in, unless they have enough people to accompany my workshops. Um, they, they, they do get canceled, but anyway, I still get to go. And, and the days I go, or they're always the best days of my week. I mean, you know, it, you, you really puts your life into perspective to see people who, you know, are finding life very, really difficult. And, uh, it's just very, very rewarding. And I mean, there are programs in prisons for sort of basic, basic literacy and, uh, you know, num- numeracy and things, but what most UK prisons have, I don't have, I, I don't know the situation in the U S but in, in the, UK, in the UK, there's very little um, sort of, uh, you know, what you might call therapeutic help. There's very little uh, sort of emotional support. So uh, people seem to really value some of the men that I work with. Um, some wonderful poetry, which is consoling and gives people hope and courage that they're not alone. And that seems to fill a particular kind of a lack of emotional support that, 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 that prisoners, uh, uh, you know, really suffer from. Um, it's a, it's very helpful for them, especially being incarcerated and all that time alone. It's very helpful yeah. for them. Um, yeah, well, I hope so. I think maybe more for me, but yeah, I hope sometimes I get wonderful feedback. It is true. Also, there's Young Minds, and there's a Young Minds Insane in the in the Counseling Counseling Foundation. What was that about? Yeah, so so there's some more charities. I mean, I'm really probably three quarters of my work now is pretty much involved with charities. So, um. Sane is another charity. It's a particular campaigning charity. It's, uh, you know, it's like obviously, um, uh, you know, to be sane as opposed to, um, you know, suffering from mental illness. And 
they run a really great hotline for people who, who are finding life really hard. Um, they're also a real campaigning group. Um, they're really fighting against stigma. Um, Young Minds, again, I work with them. Uh, that's for more like teenagers. We have a big problem with um, anxious and depressed teenagers in the UK, especially a big new at-risk group in the UK is teenage girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're under a lot of pressure, social media, uh, sort of eating disorders, things like that. So Young Minds, uh, that's what they're concentrating on. And, um, you know, I think obviously prevention is better than cure. So if you can get to young people ahead of uh, developing major problems, m- most mental illness starts when people are quite young. Um, so if you can get in there and share some strategies, some of the evidence-based things that work, you know, that's really rewarding because you're kind of stopping people having problems in the first place. Yeah, so that's Young Minds. And then the last one is the Counseling Foundation. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of therapy and um, I've been very much helped by that. And so that's trying to provide therapeutic services for people for, for, for you know, which aren't so expensive because um, they're, they're not easily provided in the state system. And the ones in the private system are really expensive. That's different. It's a different kind of um, system that we have in the United States. But that sounds what you mentioned before about the, um, I think it was the Sane Minds. I think it was a, it was a prevention for mental illness. Yeah, that that's more with younger people. It's like trying to get into schools, trying to teach some of these strategies, which, are, you know, as I said, that they work, they're fairly straightforward, but they're just not on the curriculum. It sounds more like, um, I'm going to say suicide prevention and, and something like that in the United States, but it sounds similar to that a little bit. Yeah, it, it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you you hope that that's the that's the absolute exception, but yeah, I'm afraid to tell you that that is a problem, and 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 especially with young men, it's like the biggest cause of death in the UK is is male suicide, young men killing themselves. So it's very real. Um, one thing, one more thing, I'd like to ask is um the black. You know, a book called The Black Rainbow. How how you worked in healing your journey through depression. Um, I was just yeah. Well, just so in the chronology is that um, what I did is I, I've done four books. My first book was um, was actually a poetry anthology for children. I, I've always loved poetry. I've always found it's a way um, to be comforted and consoled. So that was the first book I did. Then I did um, a memoir about my own experience of debilitating depression. That was that was Black Rainbow, and then I I included that in uh, in I included in that around fifty poems that it sort of been my friends in need really as I was going through this journey when I was on my own sort of you know to hear what other writers had written and other comforting words and you know sometimes a poem it can tell you a different story it requires you to concentrate to be in the moment to sort of like unpack meaning and that was very helpful as a sort of antidote to worrying so so I do love poetry and so yeah that that book Black Rainbow was um was very much my personal story and then yeah, then I moved on to Walking on Sunshine, sharing the strategies, and yeah, and now my nutrition book, Happy Kitchen. So yeah, I'm 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 really excited. It's been a really exciting period to to you know share share what I've learned. Um, you know, I'm still learning. There's more to learn always, but you know, I like to share as I go along. Well, um, I guess that'd be final thoughts. Any final thoughts? Anything you want to leave to the listeners and about your journey? Well, that's really sweet of you. Um. You know, I suppose I suppose what would have been most helpful when I was so ill was to realize I wasn't alone and there are other people out there who understand and who do connect. And if I can reach one person and feel that, you know, let them make them feel that they're not so alone and also give them a little bit of hope, I do feel people do get better, you can recover. And if I can share ways of doing that, then you know what, job done. 
so yeah i hope that maybe some of my books can help um i'm very honored my black rainbow is published in the u.s and um my my walking on sunshine is also published in the u.s with simon schuster and and my happy kitchen is going to be coming out with simon schuster in the autumn so i'll be coming over to the states and um yeah it's a real thrill i'll definitely uh share the links to all your books in the uh, show notes of the podcast uh where uh, where they can reach you are there any questions they about um, depression or your books, what can they read? Yeah, I love to connect and hear from people. I mean, I'm I'm very um, active on social media. I share any research and you know, the things that I'm learning as I go along. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm on Twitter at Rachel Kelly Net. Um, I have a website where I share blogs and my own writing and other people's blogs. That's rachelkelly.net. Um, you'll find me there. I'm on Facebook and also. Um, if people like a resource, it's free. I, I created a, a Black Rainbow app. You can get that on Google on, on the App Store. And that's got some, uh, it's got around 50 poems on it read by famous actors. You know, if people are not feeling up to the books, you can just press a button and listen to something consoling and, and soothing. And, 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 you know, that is completely free. So, yeah, I try to share resources and, as I say, share as much as possible uh, what I, what, what's helped me. Um, I gave all my author proceeds on my Black Rainbow book to my mental health charities. So, yeah, trying to share what I've learned, really. Well, thank you, Rachel. Thank you very much for being on the podcast today. It was, it was, um, I'm great. Uh, finally, get to connect with you. I really appreciate being here. Well, third time lucky, and my pleasure. It's an honor to speak to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that's all for this episode. Uh, thank you for joining me on the No City on the Sideline podcast. And I want to thank Rachel Kelly from rachelkelly.net for being on the podcast. You can find all the show notes, links, and anything we talked about over at nosittingonthesideline.com slash 25. If you're interested in a new book, The Happy Kitchen, it'll be available in the United States in September. I'll put a, the show no- a link in the show notes to the Amazon UK website where you can purchase the book. Also, I think you may be able to purchase from a website. You can find all the show notes over at nosittingonthesideline.com slash 25. Please comment on the podcast. Or just comment say hello let me know what you're thinking you can find all my social media information over no sitting on the sideline slash contact you also find my email over there also in the right hand corner yeah right hand corner this beat widget you can leave a message i'd like to hear what you're thinking and also please subscribe to the itunes google play and stitcher and the podcast catcher of choice i want to thank you for your time until next time, have fun, get involved with your children, get involved in your life and your health. Also, tell your children you love them. Time's short. Enjoy every moment. Until next time, take care. God bless. See ya. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips. This has been a production of Foley 42 Media.